Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for keeping me, bringing me through another week. I thank you for how you're touching my body and healing me. And Father, today as your word goes forth, I ask that you would let your Holy Spirit take charge and hearts and minds will be touched and transformed because Lord, it is by your word that things change and we thank you in Jesus name, amen. Okay, now we're reading a book called The Power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna continue with that. Um, my What I'm doing though, uh, I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit as it involves the new, the Old Testament and part of the new. And also it was a part of that I was reading that was very enlightening to me because I, even though I've read the Bible, I really didn't know too much about this person that we're going to talk about. And that's what we're going to begin with. And then we're going to go into why the Holy Spirit is needed in our lives and how God has put him in place. Okay, <clears throat> I've always wanted to know when angels were created. The Bible makes no mention of when they got here, but they seem to have been in existence when the earth was created. Uh, okay, let's give you the, let's give the scriptures. Genesis 2 and 1, page 3 in the voice. Isaiah 37 and 16, page 833. Ezekiel 28, 12 to 15, page 1000 and 1001. Psalm 90 and 2, page 693. Genesis 1, 26, page 3. John 8, 44, page 1304. And I believe that's basically it. That's what I'm going to, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So <clears throat> Genesis 2 and 1 says, so now you see how the creator swept into being the spangled heavens, the earth, and all all their hosts in six days. So in my belief, that means everything, the angels and everything in six days. Now, I do know that they did live in the presence of God because when Adam and Eve sinned and were banished from the garden, God placed an angel to the east of the Garden of Eden so that they could no longer have access to the tree of life. However, before all that took place, there was another angelic being and his name was Lucifer, also known as the morning star. Now, Lucifer walked on God's holy mountain and was anointed to serve God as a member of the guardian cherubim, which was among the highest rank of angels in God's holy host. In heaven, the cherubim held such a position of celestial promise that God himself sits enthroned between them. Isaiah 37 and 16, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. 
Now, our text tells us that this king was a created being and left the creative hand of God in a perfect state. And he remained perfect in his ways until iniquity was found in him. Hmm. What was this iniquity? Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. Lucifer apparently became so impressed with his beauty, his intelligence, his power and position that he began to desire for himself the honor and glory that only belonged to God. He was not satisfied with the power and gifts God gave him. Instead, he wanted more. He decided that he was better than God and chose to rebel against him. Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15, the eternal one. Son of man, sing a lament for the prince of Tyre. Tell him this is what I, the eternal Lord, has to say. You were a paradigm of perfection, human life at its best. You had everything a leader needs, immense wisdom and perfect beauty. You lived in Eden, God's garden. You were clothed in magnificent splendor, covered in jewels, sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald. All the mountains were made of gold, prepared for you on the day you were created. I anointed you the guardian of the guardian and stationed you at your post to protect it. You were on the divine mountain, the holy mount of God. There you walked among the fiery stones. You were entirely pure from the day you were created until wickedness crept in and was found in you. Lucifer was so consumed with pride that he launched a rebellion against God and took one third of the angels with him. You'll find that in Revelations. He fell from heaven and was sent to hell and his name changed to Satan, which means adversary, because he became an enemy to God. In the word adversary, you find adverse. That means opposed to one's interest, even causing harm. That became Satan's plan for the world. He wants to destroy anyone who has a relationship with God. Now, the Holy Spirit is God and the third person of the Trinity. He existed since the beginning of time, whenever that was. Psalm 90 and 2. Before the mountains were created, before the earth was formed, you are God without beginning or end. So that means that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit always was and always will be. And that's something to kind of fathom. He, he was always here. When was that? He always was and he always will be. Wow. When God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit decided to create Adam, they wanted him to be created in their image and likeness, and he was to be given dominion over all the earth and everything in it. 
Genesis 1 and 26. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, make man in our image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let him have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. I mentioned once before that I believe that God and Adam had a wonderful fellowship, but we just don't know for how long. However, along comes Satan, and this is just my interpretation. He was able to get to Eve, whisper a lie to her, and she listened attentively. He was so slick and cunning that what he said, she put in her mind, and she didn't trust God anymore. She didn't trust what he told her. So when she and Adam ate the forbidden fruit, the fellowship with God was broken, and this is where the struggle for mankind began. It is only when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down to earth to live among us, show us the right way to live, and then die for the sins of the whole world, were we able to be set free from the curse of Adam. The manifestation of Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the power to overcome anything that Satan or his demons try to destroy our fellowship and our connection with God. John 8 and 44 talks about him. He says, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Before the time of Christ, we find that men and women touched by the Holy Spirit. We find that men and women were touched by the Holy Spirit to bring about God's plan for mankind. God, the Holy Spirit, hovered over the waters our creator had made out of nothing. By his power in creation, he brought forth light out of darkness and order out of disorder. Therefore, one of the key works of the Holy Spirit is to bring things to life and set things in order. He is the spirit of order, Paul explains it. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. When Moses heard the voice of God from a burning bush telling him to go to the land of Egypt, he wanted to know what to tell the people. He asked them, the one who sent, he said, who am I to reply, what am I to reply when they ask me who sent me? God replied, I am who I am. Tell the Israelites, I am was sent to you. That can be translated in English as Yahweh. He who causes everything to be, which is also the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit was distinct in the Old Testament covenant compared to the work after the death and burial and resurrection of Christ as described in the New Testament. Throughout the Old Testament, we see how the Holy Spirit works also in redemption. We have seen how the Holy Spirit gifted individual prophets, priests, and kings for service. The Holy Spirit anointed prophets to speak God's word, priests to intercede for the people, and kings to lead Israel against the enemies of God. The presence of the Holy Spirit directed, sustained, and encouraged God's people. 
the Lord used all these individuals to advance his plan of redemption, pointing ultimately to our Savior, Jesus Christ, whom the Spirit anointed as our prophet, priest, and king to secure our eternal salvation. Because of the work of Christ, the New Testament teaches that the Holy Spirit dwells in all believers. The New Covenant incorporates the reality of all believers being baptized into the body of Christ with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and permanently sealed by God through the Holy Spirit until our day of redemption. Every believer is empowered by the Holy Spirit for supernatural service to the glory of God. This gives us great confidence in the inside out work of the Holy Spirit who sanctifies, transforms, guides, and empowers us to live above the works of the flesh and the work of the enemy, which can ultimately lead to our destruction. He helps us to live according to the fruit of the spirit where there is no law against that. Read Galatians 5, 13 and 26 in your leisure to find out all about the fruit of the spirit. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit who transforms our lives and leads us to your righteousness. We have your spirit to empower us to overcome every obstacle and give us strength when we're weary and weak. We have the spirit, Lord, to just lead and guide us to all truth. We have the spirit as a comforter and a counselor, Lord. And for this, we thank you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.